Galatians 3, 1 through 9. You foolish Galatians, who has hypnotized you before whose eyes Yeshua the Messiah was vividly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now going to be made complete by the flesh? Did you suffer so much for nothing if in fact it was for nothing? So then, does the Almighty supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed Yahweh and it was credited to him for righteousness. Then understand that those who have faith are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that the Almighty would justify the Gentiles by faith and told the good news ahead of time to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed with Abraham, who had faith. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. The Galatian Gentiles had heard the gospel message, and they had received the gospel message by faith, and they had been given the gift of the promised Holy Spirit. They experienced miracles done in their midst by the hands of the apostles, particularly Barnabas and Paul. And they experienced persecution for their belief in Yeshua. They went through all of this, yet somehow, somehow, certain Judahites that believed, said they believed in the Messiah, they hypnotized these Galatian Gentiles into thinking that they weren't really saved. They cast a spell upon them, bewitched them, that's what that means. And they told them that unless they became a proselyte Judahite through ritual circumcision, they were second class and not part of the true community of the Messiah. So Paul is telling them in Galatians 3, 1 through 5, if you're not really saved, then why in the world have you been experiencing all of these truths? So today as we begin verses 6 through 9, we covered 1 through 5 last month. In 6 through 9, Paul moves from their experience into an argument from sacred scripture, specifically to what the scriptures teach us from the life of Abraham. Before we begin looking at Abraham, I want to make sure that you see that Paul does not argue for the Galatians' salvation from experience only. He does appeal to their experience in verses 1 through 5. He appeals to what happened to them. We went through that. Remember the household of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 and also in Acts chapter 11. They had an experience. The gift of the Spirit was poured out upon them. But Paul does not stop at their experience. He does not argue just from their experience. He moves on from their experience into an argument from sacred scripture. If you have an experience with Yahweh Almighty, it will always be able to be backed up by the word of Yahweh Almighty. And that is because the spirit of Yahweh that you are experiencing is the same spirit who moved on the holy men of old as they penned or wrote the holy scriptures. You cannot just rely on a good feeling that you have. You cannot just base your beliefs on your emotion. People get emotional at concerts. People get emotional at ball games. People jump and shout for all sorts of things. 
I've seen people clap and jump up and down because they get a puppy. Now, I'm not saying that Yahweh's people should not be emotional. Please don't take me as saying that. I get emotional riding down the road just thinking about how He's forgiven me of all my sins. It never gets old to me. It's new every morning. What I'm saying is that if you experience one thing and then you study the Scriptures and you see that the Scriptures say something different than what you think, then what you have experienced should at the very least be examined and maybe at the most be dismissed in favor of what Holy Scripture says. Scripture is always first place. Not your emotions. I'm an emotional man. But my emotions are not first place. Scripture is. And this is why Paul does not stop at their experience. He goes on to argue what he is teaching from Scripture. And he'll continue to do that. It's going to be beautiful when we go through chapter 3 and also chapter 4. Now the Scripture that Paul argues from is not the New Testament. Paul is writing the New Testament. When he is writing the epistle or the letter to the Galatians, that would become part of the New Testament canon later on. He's not arguing from what he is writing. He's arguing from something that has already been written. That's what we call Old Testament Scripture or the Hebrew Bible. And Paul does not argue from Deuteronomy. He does not start, I'll say this, he does not start from Deuteronomy. Nor does he start from Numbers or Leviticus or even Exodus. Paul doesn't go back to Moses. As great of a man as Moses was, he doesn't go back to Moses. Paul goes all the way back to the book of Bereshit, which is the Hebrew name for the book that we call Genesis. Bereshit means the beginning. That's what we call that book in Hebrew. Genesis is what we call it. That's actually a Greek word the book of Genesis. It means the origin or the birth. It's the first book of our Bible. And Paul goes back to a man named Abraham. And this gets me excited because I've been studying about Abraham. And I love Abraham. Why does Paul go to Abraham? Was it strange for Paul all of a sudden to bring up what happened in the life of Abraham? I mean, he just throws him in here. He's not talked about Abraham yet. But he throws him in here beginning in verse 6 and he talks about Father Abraham. Was that strange? Not at all. Not at all. It's because Abraham was an exalted man in Hebrew thought. To all the Israelites, Abraham was the foremost of all the patriarchs. Abraham is referred to as Father Abraham around 13 times in the New Testament, if I counted right. And it's because he was the supreme ancestor and the originator of the Israelite people. Many times the Bible uses the word father to mean originator or the first of something. Yahweh put things in motion for the nation of Israel through Abraham. Look at this verse in Isaiah 51, 1 through 2. We read, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek Yahweh. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father. That's the rock from which you were cut. He's talking to the Israelites. And to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. Sarah is the quarry from which the Israelites were dug. Figure of speech, just a word play there. When I called him, that is Abraham, he was only one. I blessed him and made him many. 
See, Abraham is called the rock from which the Israelites were cut. Thus he's called in Scripture, Father Abraham. That song we used to sing when we were little children, Father Abraham had many sons. That's a biblical song. Nothing wrong with that song. It's beautiful. Yahweh himself says in Isaiah 41 verse 8, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. Yahweh specifies that the Israelites are descendants of Abraham, and he goes on to call Abraham my friend. Let me tell you something. If Yahweh says about a man, he is my friend, that's a special man. I've never read in the Bible where it says Matthew Jansen, my friend. I believe I'm Yahweh's friend because I'm attached to his son. But here he calls Abraham specifically my friend. So for Paul to begin his argument from Scripture with Father Abraham was not a coincidence. It wasn't happenstance. The Judahites, listen to this carefully, the Judahites who went behind Paul, remember Paul would teach, he would evangelize in the lands outside of the land of Israel. Galatia was one of them. When Paul would evangelize, after he would leave, these Judahites would come in and go behind Paul and try to stir up trouble in the congregations that Paul had taught. Well, the Judahites who went behind Paul's teaching and had hypnotized the Galatian Gentiles, they likely used scriptures about Father Abraham in their missionary efforts. I believe that they did bring up Father Abraham. We're going to see a verse that I think that they brought up. The influencers, some people call them the Judaizers, they probably pointed to Genesis 17 when they talked to the Galatians. They probably told them something like this. Abraham was given the commandment of circumcision. And if you want to be a child of Abraham, you need to first be circumcised. That's probably what they said. Something like that. And Yahweh did give Abraham the sign of circumcision in Genesis 17. And all of the male Judahites who were influencing the Galatian Gentiles in the first century, all of them had been raised in the Torah, in the law, And they all had that sign of the covenant in their flesh, physical circumcision. According to Genesis 17 verse 1, Abraham was 99 years old when he received this command of Yahweh and he obeyed. We read this in Genesis 17, 10 through 14. This is my covenant which you are to keep between me and you and your offspring after you. This is Yahweh speaking to Abraham. Every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you at eight days old is to be circumcised. This includes a slave born in your house and one purchased with money from any foreigner. The one who is not your offspring, a slave born in your house, as well as one purchased with money, must be circumcised. My covenant will be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant, If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So the influencers, the Judaizers, they were probably sharing this very scripture to the Galatian Gentiles, and they probably shared it over and over and over again. And from this text, they were teaching the Galatians that they were not saved, they were not joined to the people of Israel, And they were not considered the children of Abraham until they were physically circumcised. And if you read that scripture alone by itself, it sounds like they've got a pretty good argument. It does. 
if you read that scripture alone by itself. Yet Paul calls the Galatians foolish and hypnotized for believing such an argument. Now, did the Apostle Paul not know about Genesis 17? Hardly. Hardly. Of course he knew about Genesis 17. Remember, Paul was an educated Israelite man. Paul learned at the feet of Gamaliel the Elder, who was a prominent Judahite rabbi of his day. And Gamaliel was held in honor by all the people, according to Acts chapter 5, verse 34. Paul had been advancing in Judaism, which is the way of life of the people of Judah. That's the original meaning of that term. Paul was advancing in that religion above his contemporaries prior to his encounter with Yeshua on the road to Damascus, Galatians 1.14. Shaul, the Pharisee, as they would have called him, he knew the Torah forwards and backwards. So why did he disagree with the influencers insistence on circumcising the Galatian Gentiles for salvation. Why did Paul disagree? Well, Paul did not disagree with Genesis 17. He just went back further than Genesis 17. He went back to the call of Abraham in Genesis 12 and the faith of Abraham in Genesis 15. And hopefully you can see that Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 come before Genesis 17. See, Abraham was born into a heathen, idolatrous home. Abraham's dad did not serve Yahweh. We read about this in Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers. They presented themselves before the Almighty. And Joshua said to the people, This is what Yahweh, the mighty one of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other mighty ones. But I took your father Abraham from the region beyond the Euphrates River, led him throughout the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac. Terah, Abraham's dad, was an idol worshiper. The book of Jasher It's not part of the canon of sacred scripture, but it's mentioned twice in sacred scripture. And the book of Jasher tells us that Terah, Abraham's father, was a prince of Nimrod's host. Nimrod, back in Genesis 10, 8 through 10. Terah worked up under Nimrod as a high authority in his court. And Jasher tells us that Terah had 12 gods, 12 Elohim of large size made of wood and stone after the 12 months of the year. And he served each one monthly. And every month, Terah would bring his meat offering and drink offering to a particular Elohim for that month of the year. Terah did not worship Yahweh. According to Genesis 11, Terah, Abram's father, was a descendant of Shem. Now, Shem was a righteous servant of Yahweh. Shem served Yahweh. But just being the descendant of a righteous man does not automatically mean that you follow in his footsteps. Nor does it mean that you are automatically righteous just because you come from his line. Terah did not follow in Shem's footsteps. And Terah was Abraham's father. And Paul knew this. Paul knew this. Now, sons normally go the way of their fathers. But Yahweh called Abraham, who was then known as Abram, out from his heathen father's house. In Genesis 12, 1 through 4, we read this. Yahweh said to Abram, Go out from your land, 
your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, it's important here to take notice of how old Abraham was when he left his father's house in Haran. The Bible says very clearly that he was 75, Genesis 12, verse 4. How old was Abraham when he received the sign of circumcision? Genesis 17, 1 says that he was 99. That means that Yahweh's call to Abraham in Genesis 12 was about 24 years before he received the sign of circumcision. And the Apostle Paul was smarter than the Judahite influencers because this is where he pulled his argument from. Thus, in Galatians 3, 6 through 9, Paul appeals to the Scriptures which speak of Abraham prior to the covenant of circumcision in Genesis 17. Which came first? The call of Abraham at 75 years old in Genesis 12 or the circumcision of Abraham at 99 years old in Genesis 17. The call of Abraham came first. The answer is easy. But Paul didn't first go to Genesis 12. He does go to Genesis 12 in Galatians 3. But first he goes to Genesis 15. Genesis 15, 6, Paul quotes that in Galatians 3, 6. And I would like to read Galatians 3, verses 2, 5, and 6 to close out this message. And we're going to pick this back up next week. I want you to listen carefully as Paul writes this to the Galatian Gentiles. Galatians 3, 2, 5 through 6. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? We know the answer, hearing with faith. So then, does the Almighty supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as, and here's the quote from Genesis 15, 6. Just as Abraham believed Yahweh and it was credited to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, uncircumcised Abraham believed Yahweh. Paul saw a parallel between the faith of Abraham and the faith of the Galatian Gentiles. So Paul quotes Genesis 15, 6 to show that Abraham's faith was credited to him for righteousness many years before he was physically circumcised. In Genesis 12, Abraham was 75. In Genesis 15, when he believed the promise of Yahweh, when it says Abraham believed Yahweh, what that means, and we'll we'll get into this in Genesis 15 next week, it meant that Yahweh made a promise to him, and Abraham trusted in that promise. That's what that means. Well, I'll show next week that when Abraham believed Yahweh's promise, he was around 85 years old. Shortly before... Hagar birthed Ishmael. He did not get circumcised until he was 99. So from Genesis 15 to Genesis 17, there's 14 years. 85 in Genesis 15, 99 in Genesis 17. There's 14 years while Abraham was uncircumcised, believing in Yahweh's promise. Was he considered righteous before Yahweh in those 14 years? The biblical answer is yes. How? By faith. Faith in the promise of Yahweh. 
That's the basis of Paul's argument. And that is why he brings up Father Abraham to the Galatian Gentiles. If what Paul was teaching could be proven from the Old Testament in the life of the great patriarch Abraham, then what Paul was teaching had solid ground. We'll get into Genesis 15, 6, as well as Galatians 3, verse 7 in detail next week. And you don't want to miss it. Not because it's me, but because it's Paul's argument is very good. It's very good. Let's stand and have a word of prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. I love you, I thank you, and I praise you. Father, thank you for Father Abraham, our ancestor, by faith. We're so glad we can read about his life. We're glad we can study it to show ourselves approved, and we're glad we can glean and learn from it. And Father, thank you for great apostles like Paul who were able to be detailed and teach us things that they understood from the Old Testament. Help us to understand and to learn more about your word and about your your great men in Scripture. We love you and we thank you. I pray all these things through your son, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Yahweh bless you. Shalom.